Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Making 44, first and 10, handoff, Carson runs lateral to the near sideline and thrown out of bounds, late hit by Rhodes. That'll be a flag. The loss was a couple on the play. And now that flag will go against Minnesota. And again, Xavier Rhodes for his hit out of bounds right in the Seattle bench below us. Penalty pushes the ball to the 30 of Minnesota. They take out Rhodes. He hasn't been a help of him in the, in the secondary anyway. Okay, welcome in to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin here for the first hour. Alex Boone joins the two of us in hour number two. Courtney, you are off a flight from Seattle. You walked in the studio and you said, we need to discuss Mike Zimmer's defense. 37 points by the Seattle Seahawks last night, over 200 yards on the ground, which is only the fourth time in the Mike Zimmer era that someone has run for over 200 yards. Where do you want to begin with, listen to this, the 17th ranked defense, I'm sorry, 16th in total yards and the 20th ranked defense. You have that right. 20th ranked defense against the pass in yards allowed. They are worse just behind the New York Jets in terms of their pass defense. Where would you like to begin? They had 15 days between games. And I never bought into the notion that they could just fix their pass defense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I understand like what they were saying and what they had to say to kind of save face there to be like, yeah, our cornerback unit is the biggest liability, is going to cost us games, has cost us games. And going forward, they do not know how to fix this. That's the bottom line. They do not know how to fix this because you can't make that many adjustments with your personnel in season. So they go into Seattle. They say, hey, Russell Wilson, he's pretty darn good at getting out of the pocket and making those throws on the run. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to take that away. You have the fifth-ranked run defense in the NFL. Should be able to stop Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, or at least limit them. More than 218 rushing yards allowed. And the yards before contact, 143 last night, was a season high for the Seahawks and the worst that the Vikings had given up since the last time they played the Seahawks in December of 2018. What does this lead to? Russell Wilson asked post game about how come you guys were so effective running the ball? I mean, man, fifth, 
fifth-ranked run defense. You expected a lot more from Minnesota. And his quote, my eye, like they were, you know, we're all in the press box and they have the TVs above, like, and you can hear as the press conference is going mm-hmm. on, you're trying to write, uh, if, if you can't make it down there, all that. And my eyes, I think, popped out of my head momentarily as I was listening to Russell Wilson and what he had to say. So why were they so successful running the ball? Quote, they kept playing too high shell, just super deep. They didn't want any shots thrown on them, so we said, okay, and we'll just run it and do what we do really well. Mike Zimmer, when asked whether he was surprised at how much Seattle ran the ball early on and how much they stuck with it, quote, a little bit. I thought they would be throwing the ball a bit more than they did what they've done in the past. They stuck with it a lot more than I thought. What does this boil down to? When you're playing with two deep safeties, trying to mitigate the your biggest problem on defense, your cornerback unit, you end up screwing yourself because you expose another area of your defense that got gashed up and down the field. They were averaging like five yards per carry at one point. And I just don't see this as a fixable problem. Like, I, I mean, it's something that can easily be remedied as this team goes down the final quarter of the season, goes into the post, goes into the playoffs. Because right now, there's, they're not in a, I mean, yes, they're a game ahead of the Rams, which that's something to keep an eye on, but they're in the sixth seed. They really shouldn't fall out of the sixth seed because they've got Detroit at home this weekend. They've got the char- a reeling Chargers team that loses in absurdly annoying fashion every single week, a week after that. They've got the Packers and they've got the Bears. To me, this is a first-round playoff exit team. You cannot put it on Kirk Cousins. You cannot put it on the offense. You have to put it on this defense, which has been figured out. Bottom line, it has been figured out, and I don't think they have the time or the wherewithal to remedy that with four games left. Do you know why I have You're going to make me do a pie note? chart. Yes. <laughs> I have a sticky I'm on note like 45 minutes of sleep, so yep, this might be really bad. There you go. Uh, maybe all of a sudden you will be able to make a good pie chart because you haven't slept a lot. Here's what your pie chart needs to be. Okay. Pie chart of blame for the defense being now a bottom half of the league defense. Say it again. Wow. A bottom half of the NFL defense for the Minnesota Vikings. This is something that we have not said um, really since Zimmer's first year, but the improvement was so huge in the first year that he doesn't deserve to be criticized for that. But even in a clearer statistic that gathers everything and factors um, in you know, uh, some of the outside stuff, like expected points added, they're 17th. So there's no way to sugarcoat it or say, no, no, they're secretly a lot better than they are. No, they're, they're really not a great defense. They're not a horrendous defense. They're not the Arizona Cardinals or the Miami Dolphins, but they are not a very good defense. So who is to blame for that? And I'm going to let you pick the contestants okay. because you don't have to just say, is it Mike Zimmer or is it the front office or is it this player or that player? You can kind of pick whoever you want, and I'll give you a dark horse if you want in terms of pie chart of blame, your dark horse would be Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is taking up a massive amount of cap space with his contract. And, of course, I would not have advised Cousins to turn down $28 million a year and $84 million guaranteed. But the moment he signed that deal, we all said, hey, you know what's going to be really hard to do when you sign a quarterback to that type of contract? Oh, yeah, keep together a number one defense because players fall off and you have to let guys like Sheldon Richardson leave and good players like Brian Robinson or Terrence Newman, they get older and it's hard to replace them. If 
you don't have the cap space to do that. And they've been brilliant when it comes to managing the cap space and keeping players that they wanted to keep, like Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin. But what's hard is you can't just go out in free agency and get a solid upgrade player. So, for example, when you lose Sheldon Richardson in free agency, you have to bring back Shamar Stefan, who's okay in a rotational role, but not good in a starting role. And you can't just find some other guy who's going to cost you $10 million bucks to replace the production that Sheldon Richardson gave you last year. And what was always weird to me was when um, they would take little jabs at Sheldon Richardson about his rushing defense, and yet he was putting on a ton of quarterback pressures that they have not been able to replace. I'll get you the exact number on that from last year. But just to use it as an example of how things change so quickly – Sheldon Richardson last year had 47 quarterback pressures last year, which put him in the top 20 at his position. So that means every time your rushers from the outside are getting around, they're stepping up into Sheldon Richardson. Mm -hmm. Now, Shamar Stefan, we know he's not a big pressure guy. Like, that's not his thing. Uh, He has six. Last year, Sheldon Richardson had 47 pressures playing the same position. Shamar Stefan has six this year. And think about the guys that are behind him, too. That go in on passing downs that yep. go in. They're not, like, they're not the down. same. No, of course not. Oh, well, uh, real quick, some breaking news in the NFL. Uh, Ron Rivera fired. Oh. Okay, there we go. So, Panthers have fired Ron Rivera. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we can talk about that more later, but we need to get to your pie chart. I'm done with it, too. Like, you, okay, thank you for that, filibustering that for a little bit. beautiful. What is going on? Maybe you should never sleep before pie charting. Okay. Show it to the camera if you can, because we are streaming on uh, Twitter if you want to go to Twitter and listen. Okay. All right. Give so me, give me your pie chart. chart. Of blame for the defense. Yep. And you could pick anybody you want. And I went with 50% was my highest mark, and that is for cornerbacks slash pass defense. I'm lumping everyone in together. Okay. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, mostly Xavier Rhodes. But, I, you know, I think the whole cornerback unit as a whole, there is something wrong here. Did they just forget? Are they being taught something different? Technique-wise, because it doesn't make any sense. I think it's because Xavier has fallen off, and now he needs help. He needs yes. he needs training wheels now, or he gets burned. And there, here's the thing: we were talking about this yesterday, um, trying to you know turn the wheels and figure out what the hell's going on. I don't know since they've gotten away because they had to get away from Xavier just being stuck on one guy. This is your guy. You shadow this receiver. Right, he you, was getting killed. See ball, hit ball. Fine ball. Do whatever you have to do with the ball. That's the type of thing. Like, it's a very cerebral type thing where he's just like locked in on that. Yep. When you have to play like a version of pattern matching and you have to think and you have to react, and he's not very good at that that right now. Call that age. Call that the fact that maybe he's a little bit heavier and thicker in areas that may be making him slow. I'm not calling him overweight, but I'm saying he looks bigger to me this year. I've been I've been trying I've been struggling to figure out what it is. But he's bigger than me this year. So I don't really know how you fix that. Maybe he's slow. Maybe he's regressed. I mean, there's so many things here. I think the injuries have caught up. The injuries, yes. But the but the most infuriating part is that we've been call we've been calling this gaff out for weeks, for months. Mm-hmm. And every time Mike Zimmer's up at the podium, the blame does not go towards Xavier. It's technique. He needs to get back to doing things the way that he used to, et cetera, et cetera. At some point, your biggest liability is going to kill your season. And last night, 
everything coming to a head on the sideline after he gives up that 60-yard touchdown to David Moore. I think he threw his arms up and he was expecting safety help, but the way that the play was designed, all Zimmer would say was that it was a busted coverage because um, there was some interaction between him and Harrison Smith on the sideline. Yeah. Like they were trying to like figure out well what happened. Um and then obviously Rhodes takes his helmet, throws it not once but twice. That made a whole ton of sense. He and Zimmer are getting into it. How much more are we gonna go on with this? Like that's that's my thing. It's like I think they it, should have taken the keys away from Xavier yeah, after he got ago. smoked against the Giants by a guy I've never heard of who was a fifth-round draft pick. The rookie? Yes, yeah. I, mean, I know. And, and then Zimmer went off on him on the sideline, and it looked to me at that point, especially because that was the game where Mike Hughes was terrific. Yeah. It's like, okay, we are seeing we should be seeing a changing of the guard. If the guy behind Xavier Rhodes was Joe who cares who can't play, then I'd be like, well, there's really nothing you could do here. It's a first-round pick. Yeah. That's who's behind Xavier Rhodes. And Mike Hughes has struggled, but he was actually pretty good last night. And overall, his numbers are much better in terms of throwing into his coverage. Xavier Rhodes, by the way, so you're giving 50% to the corners, is now, after last night, third worst in the entire NFL when targeted in terms of quarterback rating against. He -hmm. is turning opposing quarterbacks into the greatest quarterback of all time. 132.6 rating when throwing at him, and that does not factor penalties. Nope, and he has a team-high eight penalties this year. So Pro Football Focus gives him 10, and that may include other penalties, Yeah, which is the most in the NFL. So not only is he the worst winning... Yeah, it's a team high 10, and I think it's league high for cornerbacks, is it not? It is after last night. Yep, he is tied with some guy named Carlton Davis, who plays for Tampa Bay. Um, So he's allowed the highest completion percentage as the nearest defender this season, highest completion percentage of the league, highest of his career, um, last night. According to NFL Next Gen stats, they they do it as like the closest defender, so yeah. they kind of a assign, little differently than yeah, PFF, but sign yeah. blame differently. Uh, f- Russell Wilson is five for five for 105 yards and a 60 yard touchdown. Whew. I say this because I just cannot figure it out. How much more do you need to see? Right. Yeah. That's you where, have I agree. guys. We were done in the after wings. last year. If you, you and I were done after last year with him. If you kept Holton Hill around. You must have kept him around for some reason, not other than the fact maybe you think he's a great teammate. You don't keep a guy who's suspended for eight games unless yep. he has... He, nobody has a leash that long if they suck. That right. is bottom line. Right. So why is he not playing more? Why can you... Why are He's they, played 15 snaps this year. It's just... It just it's, it's maddening. And look, I can't fault Mike Zimmer for trying to figure this out, for trying to stay with this guy, because he savaged him. Absolutely savaged him at the owners' meetings. That's yes. what happened. Yep. I actually thought it should have been done then, shouldn't it? When Xavier Rhodes was liking tweets on Twitter that yes. said Xavier Rhodes needs to go somewhere else, it probably should have been done at that point. Uh, and side note, Holton Hill last year allowed a 67 quarterback rating into his coverage in 31 throws. Yeah. Small and sample, but he was good. So before I lose my mind on this, yeah, who else do you have? That was 50. percent That's only half your pie. Yeah, I have 15 more minutes in this segment, so I'm just going to go all in. 10 more. So 25%, no interior pass rush. Uh Like, there were moments last night where you're watching Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin work the edge so effectively and and just so consistently, both of them, how well they're playing this year, ranked in the top five. I think at least at one point, Daniil was number one. I need to check on if it's an updated figure of most pressures generated um, by Pro Football Focus. They're not the problem. They have no interior push. Russell Wilson was, one, was able to, sta- to was able to you know stand up in the pocket. I mean, this is what he does. 
Like, he's not afraid of that. But when you give him no threat of an interior pass rush that's allowing the deep shots downfield in 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 terms of, I know Linville Joseph, Joseph was coming back yesterday off of injury. He was kind of on a pitch count, it appeared. Shamar Steffen's not generating those pressures, as you clearly pointed out at the beginning of the hour. Um, their rotational guys aren't either. That, to me, is a big problem because it's making you so vulnerable on the back end. So that's 25% for me. Um, I put Zimmer slash adjustment slash coaching at 15%. And, you know, it's not to completely absolve coaching of any sort of responsibility here. And I, he had 15 days, but can you really expect somebody to fix your pass defense in 15 days? I don't know. He had four days or he had um, 10 days of time before when that they hit rock bottom in L.A. last year, allowing a perfect passer in Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And then they looked really darn good against the Eagles yeah. when they come back 10, however many days later mm-hmm. uh, in week five. So it can be done. I just think that it's not coaching. I think it's the personnel. Yeah. I think it is clearly the personnel, which you know obviously feeds into why I had that. 50% so high. And Zimmer's been really brilliant, like you said, at doing it through his yeah, whole career. Like, I mean, from Dallas to Cincinnati to here. I think he's got to be frustrated as heck, too, with yeah. this. Like, this is this is continu- a continual problem that's not going away. Um, so that leaves me at 10%. And I put that as kind of that Kirk category of cap space and yeah. not being able to go out and get the Jalen Ramseys and, you know, make big defensive acquisitions, have to let Sheldon Richardson go. That was like you know, that's the off season that we, you know, talked about. Right. How I'm sure they, they gonna... would have kept him if they had the space. But it's also decision making with cap space. Like I think about that. Yes. Anthony Barr. Like, are you regretting that one right now, Minnesota? Now, now you're now you're getting into my alley yes. a little bit. Like so yeah. A well, perfectly done pie I, chart. I also made a pie chart. And I only oh. have fifty percent and fifty percent. I've cut it right down the middle. Sim loyalty. Fifty percent like is Kirk's contract. And I know that if you think I hate Kirk, you should read my article about how last night was not Kirk's fault. Um, but when you sign someone to a contract that big, then you aren't going to be able to um, sustain a great defense. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just logic. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are another great example. How about the Green Bay Packers? Like Green Bay even was able to sign some guys, but they don't have a great defense still. They have some good players, but not a great defense. And when you look at Seattle, they sign Wilson to that huge contract, and then all of a sudden, guys get old. They can't replace them. They can't pay for them. They're not going to sign Jadavion Clowney to a massive contract. He's a one-year rental because why? Oh, yeah, they don't have the cap space. Mm -hmm. And if you sign a quarterback to that much money, you're not going to have it. Now, that's not a statement on Kirk's play, which overall this year has them as one of the better offenses in the league. And again, that gives you a better chance in my mind than having the number one defense to go deep in the playoffs. Um, but that is one of the reasons, one of the huge reasons, because you couldn't replace Sheldon Richards in the middle. You went from 47 to 6 in pressures from that position. And they brought, like, look, their their rationale was, hey, Shamar Steffen's out there at that point because he was in the first wave of free agency. I think they got him uh, to agree to a deal before anything had even happened that week before like the new league year had started. Mm-hmm. And they brought him in because they wanted to stop the run. That right. is what they brought him in for. They call him the big fundamental or yeah. whatever. They're not calling him that because he's generating pressures. They're right. calling him that because right. he's a somebody to plug a hole next yep. to Linville, and you're not going to run on teams like that. But if you have the cap space, that guy is a nice player who you bring in 30% of the time. Sure. And then someone else comes in 
for the other 70% to rush. And I don't think that the Stephen Weatherly over the guard thing has really worked super well. I don't think he's thrilled with it either. No. You can tell with his body language and kind of just the way that he's talked about how he's played this year. He yep. doesn't seem happy with his role. And if you look at him just as a player, like his his wingspan, his athleticism, he's more fit for the edge. So the other 50% is Zim loyalty. And this is where when you got into the Anthony Barr thing, um, it's totally right. Look, Anthony Barr is a good football player and made some nice plays last night. But overall, this year has not gotten you value to the contract and probably never will. And when you talk about who you should pay and who you shouldn't pay, it isn't, is the guy good? Do we like him? It's, will he give us value Mm -hmm. when it comes to his contract? Right now, Anthony Barr is in the same place by pro football focus he's always been. Middle of the pack. He is 37th out of 50. So even a bottom half right now among all linebackers. Eric Kendricks, of course, is justifying his contract and is more of a modern coverage linebacker. He's number two in the NFL, so he's doing a great job there. You could have, but he's on a very reasonable deal with Barr. You could have foreseen him not being an elite linebacker because outside of 2015, he's never been one. Well, and the fact, too, that you pay him all this money. And, and granted, yes, he could have gone to the Jets and could have gotten more, but the Vikings still had to fork up quite a bit yep. and rework things for potentially that. As as we've talked about all season, like they were planning to use that money elsewhere. Yep. Like what else they could have done with it, I don't know. But that money was going to be used on another player in free agency, and you you spent that money on somebody to do the exact same job that he was doing for the I guess kind of his for most of his career where he's been above average. Mm-hmm. You're not paying him all this money to let him rush the passer, which we thought was going to happen. Right. Which I just think is just such a bizarre thing. So even if you go back through his career, you know, look at last year, and, and this is when they made the decision. He had a good year last year in a contract year, and still by pro football focus was 23rd um, out of 57, which is good. And I think he's a good player. And I spent a lot of time in the offseason writing about how he's unique with his wingspan and things like that, and he can cover running backs out of the backfield. Largely, he is able to do that. But when you're talking about paying people, you should pay... Luke Keekley, you should pay Bobby Wagner. Like those guys are elite at their positions. But aside from that, that's like asset allocation. But you know why they did it is because of Mike Zimmer. It's that's his guy. Very clear to me that Mike Zimmer tells the front office who he wants mm-hmm. and they make it happen. It, maybe it's not Sheldon Richardson, but he would go and say, we need an interior three technique who's going to get after the passer. And they go and find one. And he says, I want to keep Xavier Rhodes. So they keep him. But Everson Griffin, and Everson granted, Griffin, that one right. has worked out. Yes, it has. And so has Kyle Rudolph, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying they shouldn't pay anyone. We knew that Rudolph needed to stay because you didn't know what you were going to get from Irv Smith. That move has paid off, Yeah. Um, especially since Adam Thielen has been out. Everson Griffin was a roll of the dice, but a favorable contract for the Vikings. They didn't have to pay as much cap space. An overall smart move. But with Xavier Rhodes, it was so foreseeable that this would be a problem that being so loyal to him, and it was foreseeable that Barr wouldn't be anything other than he's always been, that money could have gone to different spots. But Zimmer drafted those guys, or he didn't draft Rhodes, but he drafted Barr and has developed Xavier Rhodes, and he loves these guys. They're like his kids and everything else. And and that's where it's very hard to be super objective yeah. about it. He's not like us, where we're like, yeah, I don't know, as long as I get a paycheck, I don't care what they do. <laughs> right? So we can look at it very flatly, like, old corner, who's massive, not going to work out probably, who's been hurt, or 
average linebacker, you're overpaying. Zimmer doesn't look at it that way, and I think his loyalty has gotten in the way here. Yeah, and I mean, with Rhodes, too, like it's just... So I was walking up to the press box last night, and all of a sudden I was looking at Twitter. I have just had posted my instant reaction, and all of a sudden I see this tweet. It was, I, and I was like, wait, I wasn't in at Zim's press conference because I was running around the locker room trying to interview guys. And it was the, I was like, oh, wait, someone went back and found my tweet from the owners' meetings where Zimmer had his line. It got like unbelievably, I don't know, ratioed's not the word, but it just got a million retweets last mm. night because people are like, oh, funny how things have not changed. Xavier needs to play better, needs to play up to the contract. We're paying him a ton of money. Yep. He's gotten away from his technique. You, you saw Mike. You saw this coming in March, yes. and that's and where even, he's culpable. Even before yep. that, like I mean, let's not forget. Neither Chad Graff or nor myself said, "Hey, what does Xavier Rhodes need to do better?" We were talking about the cornerback group as a whole. That's how that question started, yep. and he just he, went there. He launched into it. It's like Trey Wayne's this, Mike Hughes this. Pause. Xavier needs to play better, and went into his entire tirade on it, and that's his prerogative. Like he's clearly irritated. He sees the potential for this guy to get back to twenty sixteen seventeen version of himself, and he shouldn't have. And now there's he, no way yeah. he could possibly do that. So he, he, he shouldn't have been saying it's just a couple technique things because it's not because it's not because he's slow and he's lost his athletic edge. Because I asked him about that, and I said, "Is it something where he's losing speed?" And he, he's like, "No, no, it's not that at all." Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Watch that David Moore touchdown last night. You tell me that's not speed. So how about this? The Vikings do a thing called Voyage on their website Mm -hmm. where they have kind of a behind-the-scenes. It's a cool um, cool thing. Yep. And uh, the first one, they are in minicamp. And you and I were standing there for this when this happened. But it really struck me when I watched one of the first episodes, the the Voyage thing, because they show Xavier Rhodes struggling with an injury that day in minicamp. And yep. that was when you and I knew this isn't going to get better. At, at the point, we have now cleared the point after last night, where now he it, it's so obvious that it has to change, that he has to be benched. It can't just be, well, let's try this or let's try that or technique or fundamentals or you've any other BS. You've been trying that stuff for, allegedly you've been trying that stuff for weeks. And not only that, you add to the penalties, you add to the childish meltdown last night, which I, I think is just sort of the cherry on top I mean, to is, a horrendous year for him. It, it look back at it last year when he kicks the flag in Los right, Angeles, right. and that leads to a touchdown. And, and throwing the guy out of bounds last night is just uncalled for, but he always did that uh, stuff before. It's just it's, it's maddening because it keeps happening, and he knows better than that. Yep, but he's always done it. It's just we overlooked it when he was playing great. Yeah. And now it's a, a massive detriment to them trying to win games. I think if... They don't bench him. We're going to end up with the same thing happening in the playoffs. I would be much more apt to go with Mike Hughes and see if he can step up because he's 23 or 22 and he's a first round pick. And I think he's very talented, gives you much better odds to improve your pass defense. But that's where we're going to find out if this 50% Zimmer loyalty ends up being 100% of the reason that they do not go deep in the playoffs. Let's discuss that when we get back and Kirk Cousins' performance. Okay. I want to talk about it. I wrote the column last night that, hey, Kirk Cousins kind of did his job last night and was let down in a million different ways. But I'll give you, if you haven't read it at scorenorth.com, I'll give you the kicker to the article. So I'll do that when we come back. It's Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. You are listening to Purple Daily. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.